0: Hello, good afternoon everybody. Welcome to Chews Chalk Talk CCT. My name is Chris Chowinski. Everybody calls me Chewy though. So what is Choose Talk Talk? You might have wondered how you stumbled across this great podcast. Well, start off, it's a podcast about college football. Something that I personally have been a fan of ever since I can remember. Ever since I was a young lad more about me, I'm 22 years old, graduated from the University of Alabama, Roll Tide, and currently at work, but I decided to start this podcast because I thought, I love college football so much, I have a decent amount of knowledge about it, trust me, I'm not an expert, but I know a decent amount, I love it, I have plenty of friends who go to great schools with great traditions for college football and college atmosphere and I thought why not put a little something together to bring people on have different experiences different traditions talked about kind of a community people who like college football just as much as me diehard fans and I know some of my friends back home when they see this they're gonna laugh say chill look what you did I'm gonna say hey I've been telling you about college football for a while. So let's get this thing started off with. We have a lot to talk about since this weekend. Weekend of September 4th is the inaugural weekend of college football. It is back. Fans are back in the stands. Rowdy stadiums will be jumping. And it is a great time dealing with the COVID pandemic to see people back together. Back going nuts. So... First thing I would like to start off with are some of the big games we have. Some have already happened. Started Thursday and Wednesday this week. Yesterday. Today's Saturday. One of the games I watched yesterday night, actually Thursday night, was the Ohio State-Minnesota game. Ohio State just had a recent turnover with Justin Fields going to the NFL. A couple of their key guys. C.J. Stroud looked very good in the backfield. A calm, cool collective. Rush from throws looked inconsistent at times, but overall, played great. Three for four touchdowns, one interception, close to 300 yards. Great game, great battle with Minnesota. Great atmosphere. Row the boat was in full effect. It's a shame to see Minnesota's running back, uh, Mohammed Ibrahim, go down. I hope he's not seriously injured. The man is a phenom at running back. In the shortened season last year due to COVID, he rushed for over a thousand yards in seven games, which is a feat to admire greatly. Next, another game that happened yesterday was the UNC-Virginia Tech game. A lot of people, big buzz around North Carolina, Mack Brown bringing the program back, Sam Howell, potential candidate for the Heisman this year, he did not have a good outing through three interceptions. Look rattled, and on the potential, you know, push last drive of the game, he threw an interception. And Virginia Tech held on 17 to 10. Crazy, crazy game, too. Again, great atmospheres. College football. I personally think it's better than the NFL. Again, I know many people disagree, but I just think Philadelphia Stadium with over 100,000 people, crazy college fans, a lot of them are drunk. <laughs> A lot of the regular fans are drunk. But the atmospheres, the traditions, everything interwined together. It definitely beats the NFL, in my opinion. Playing for a loving game just reaches another level for me. Excuse me. Another great game. happened the other day. Boise State against UCF. UCF, the national champions claiming from 2017. As a Bama fan, I did not take lightly to that, as we won the Natty that year. But UCF continues to mingle right around the cusp of the playoff. And they played Boise State, who was up 14-0 close to halftime. And had a great 99-yard interception for a touchdown, pick six. But UCF held on and in the second half, came back and beat Boise State, which is another great game of non Power Five conference teams that could possibly mix in for that fourth playoff spot, or f- right around the four, five, six rankings in the country. And then this weekend, going on right now, you have the Penn State Wisconsin game at Camp Randall Stadium in Wisconsin. Madison is rocking right now. I was watching some of the game earlier. Penn State, nineteenth ranked team in the country, I believe. Wisconsin, number twelve. Great matchup both pretty decent teams overall very defensive battle I believe it's 10-10 at this point great game game I'm looking forward to especially as a Bama former student and a fan Bama versus Miami at 330 the U DR King they also do have Rambo Charleston Rambo transfer from Oklahoma wide receiver Dr King Another possible candidate for the Heisman this year. Let's see what he's got against Alabama, who's retooling pretty much their whole offense. It's, it's many first-rounders. Bryce Young at the helm. John Metchie's back. Evan Neal's back in the offensive line. They have a couple good pieces. Their defense is very young. Led by Will Anderson, Malachi Moore. Some of the great defensive studs. I think personally this year, their defense will be better than it has been over the past three, four years. I think this year, they'll be solid. Their offense might be a little not as prolific and high powerful as it has been, but overall, they'll still be one of the best teams in the country. And my personal favorite that I'm very excited for tonight is the 3v5 matchup tonight. Top five matchup. Number three, Clemson versus number five, Georgia. In Charlotte at 7:30 p.m. It is going to be a barn burner. Let me tell everyone that Clemson just like BAM and Ohio State lost many pieces on the offensive side of the ball. Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence both going to the Jaguars. T. Higgins, a couple other first-rounders left. Their defense is something I'm looking forward to. See against The high-prolific Georgia offense. Pickens coming back. JT Daniels finding his stride second half of the season last year. In my opinion, that is the biggest game this weekend. Hands down. As a Bama fan, I dislike Georgia and Clemson with a passion. But I will be tuned in on the edge of my seat for that game. And last but not least, Sunday. Another key game I want to highlight. Notre Dame. Florida State game this game will be in Florida State in Tallahassee the Tomahawk Choc will will be going nuts it's a big game for former Wisconsin quarterback Jack Cohen He was the starting quarterback of Wisconsin for two seasons he got hurt last year and they brought on the highly recruited Graham Mertz honestly it hasn't looked that good against Penn State today so Cohen transferred to Notre Dame and now he's gonna be the starter this year Notre Dame as we know has made the playoffs in the past four or five years, I believe twice. And they've gotten washed both times. Sorry, Notre Dame fans out there, if you're listening. It's the truth. So let's see if Cohen, the Long Island, New York product, which is where I'm from, Long Island. Don't ask me why a kid from Long Island with to Bama. That's another story I'll have to tell another time. But I want to see him succeed at Notre Dame. And Notre Dame actually plays Wisconsin at Soldier Field in Chicago later in the season. So it should be the revenge game. But Notre Dame, FSU, more potential playoff nation with that game as well. Clemson-Georgia game, obviously. Top five matchup. Playoff championship aspirations for both teams. All right, switching gears now. A lot of the latest news as of recently has been... Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC after the meteorites expired the Big 12 in 2025 so let's depackage this one step at a time Texas and Oklahoma saw an opportunity that their meteorites were expiring June 30th 2025 if they wanted to get out of that sooner two things would have to happen the Big 12 would have to dissipate or pretty much disappear dissolve which potentially could happen or they'd have to pay at least 75 to 80 million dollars in fines which really isn't worth it so what they did was is they realized they went to the FCC reached out and said hey we'd like to join your conference which is hands down the best conference in college football especially out of the Power Five conferences. I'm sorry, fans of every other conference and team. It's not a competition. The SEC is most dominant, best competition. That's why it's the best conference. So adding two historic powerhouse teams like Texas and Oklahoma, what if you dare say create the first super conference that would be comprised of 16 teams with the additions of Texas and Oklahoma? So, some of the reasons why they may have left, you may ask. Some of the basic ones that I've figured out, done a little research. Number one, money. Texas and Oklahoma, universities of Texas and Oklahoma, make, I believe they're one and two, or at least some of the top schools, they bring bringing the most money through football programs every year. And as a result of that, Obviously, with the more money, the better you can recruit, pay your coaches, bring in staff, enrich your program and your school. For example, the old Alabama president, I don't think it's Stuart Bell, who's the president now, when they brought in Nick Saban, it was on 60 Minutes, which is a CBS nightly news program every Sunday at 7 o'clock. They had a segment on Alabama and Nick Saban, and they had the president of Alabama on, and he said... Nick Saban has been the best investment that Alabama has made The school. it has brought not only money, championships, it has brought students, accredited professors, and it's just enriched and rejuvenated the college and the town, the city of Tuscaloosa. Going back to Texas and Oklahoma here, they want to join the SEC because of more money. They want more money. And you might say, well, why do they want more money if they're the top? or top in the top ten top five money-making colleges well simple the Big 12 does not have its own network the FCC has SEC network Big Ten has its own network there's ACC network and there's a Pac-12 network even though Pac-12 as of recent hasn't been as popular as the three other conferences I mentioned so with the potential of joining the SEC they have access to a network that will be just talking about the SEC. And if they're a part of the SEC, then they will be part of that pie. If you want to think of it as a pie, they'll get a piece of that pie. So they get a piece of that money. Also, I believe it's just for better competition. The Big 12, as I like to call it, is the basketball conference of college football. And again, Big 12 fans and people who are going to hate me for this, it's the truth. Honestly, it's who could score 50 points first. That's really what it comes down to. A majority of the games. Obviously, there's some good games. And you may say a 44 to 40 game is a great game. Again, whatever your opinion is, that's your opinion. But it's the basketball conference. There's no defense. So they also want to enrich their prestige by joining the SEC, the best conference. Which will potentially help them playoff pushes national championships and not even football but better competition for other sports sec softball is very competitive alabama has won national championships the other sec schools have won oklahoma it's one of the best softball schools in the country as well basketball is another great thing men's and women's sec is very competitive in texas and oklahoma men's and women's also have great basketball programs so it's not only as a football aspect other collegiate sports as well now you may say with Texas and Oklahoma leaving for the SEC in 2025 what does it leave for the rest of the Big 12 with Texas and Oklahoma currently the Big 12 has 10 teams I don't know why it's the Big 12 and even though they have 10 teams you'll have to ask somebody at the commissioner about that one I couldn't tell you so if the, when they leave hypothetically 2025, there will be eight teams left. And a lot of people, including myself, think that the Big 12 is going to dissolve. Some people are even saying the Pac-12 will dissolve and that there will be three super conferences, if you want to call them, in college football. I think that this could happen, but in more breaking news this week, the Big 12 has extended four applications to teams they want to bring in to the Big 12 to enrich it. And these teams, I will read it off to you, are BYU, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati. All, I would say all or three out of those four schools have consistently over the past, and consistently, I mean over the past three four years, have knocked on the top ten in rankings and potentially near a playoff push. So the Big 12 trying to save itself. Trying to save its ass. It's extending applications to potential non-power five, or they call it the rest of five, the non-power five conferences, and trying to pick some of the better schools and saying, Hey, why don't you join the Big Twelve? You're part of the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, or you're part of the Mac, the Mid American Conference. Why don't you join the Big Twelve? So that. That is happening right as we speak. I've read an ESPN article that says potentially by September 10th, which is literally less than a week from today. It's a week from yesterday. They could, those four teams could sign the applications and join the Big 12. Again, I don't know how fast that would be. Like would it enact this year, next year, or would it be more down the future, like 2025? That is all in the air. But the fact that this news is going on is showing that the Big 12 is scrambling. They're trying to save its ass because they don't want to become ancient history. And the next question you're probably asking is, okay, so the SEC is beefing up. What is the Big 12, not the Big 12, excuse me, the Big 10, the Pac-12, and the ACC doing about it? Because those are the remaining Power 4, well, the 4, Power 3, excuse me. Out of the Power Five, the Power Five, for those of you who don't know, is the SEC, the Big Ten, the ACC, the Pac 12, and the Big 12. Those are the Power Five conferences. And then there's the rest of five conferences like the MAC, the AAC, the Big Sky, the Sun Belt, etc. So out of those Power Five conferences, what is the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac 12 doing about it? Because those are the schools that are left out. I just went with the SEC did, what the Big 12 is doing. So in less recent, but real recent, like a week or two ago, the Pac-12, the Big 10, the ACC had a conference and they agreed to form a strategic alliance for non-conference scheduling and potential sports interest in the future. Again, it beats me as what this technically means Pretty much, they're saying, okay, Pac-12, Big 10, ACC, if Clemson wants to play Ohio State, if Stanford wants to come down to Miami, if Nebraska wants to play Duke, those types of schools, Oregon wants to come down to Wake Forest, they're pretty much going to say, okay, before we start scheduling with the SEC or the Big 12, we're going to come to you guys first. That is whole my thoughts behind it. Again, I don't know if that's what they decided. I wasn't at this event. Obviously, the closed-door event, you know, they didn't consult me on this. But <laughs> that is what the rest of the schools are doing to combat this. In the future, personally, I think, even with the Big 12 possibly adding those four teams, and if the Pac-12 decides to beef up by maybe adding some more teams, one of the power five conferences could be extinct sooner rather than later. Potentially too. It could come down to the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Ten. But who knows? Honestly, the world in college football is very upside down right now. I shouldn't say upside down. It's just evolving. And some of the coaches, athletic directors, presidents, the school, the college football playoff committee doesn't even know what's going on at this point so a lot a lot is going on now you may say well this is good for college football I want to see super conferences something like the Super League for soccer that just almost happened a couple months ago Some may say no I like having five power conferences and the rest of five and you're totally entitled to your opinion I really haven't decided where I stand in all this. I'm an SEC guy. Roll the Alabama roll tide. And um, I have many friends that go to Clemson, go to schools like Ohio State. And things are going to be up in the air. But as of right now, things are fine until 2025, considering Texas and Oklahoma. What with the Big 12 schools that are going to be added to potential by next Friday, September 10th, I couldn't tell you. But i guess we'll have to wait and see next week i'll be talking about that heavily now going back to the college football playoff as we all know well even if we don't all know i'm here to tell you that the college football playoff in june had a vote for a small subcommittee to bring in front of the head committee of the college football board just made a part of 12 Presidents athletic directors of different schools from different conferences. Don't think it's just the SEC, the Big Ten, the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big 12. There's athletic directors and presidents from the AAC, the Big Sky, all the different conferences. So everyone has a say. The smaller schools, the big schools. And they voted in June to possibly extend the playoff to 12, 12 teams. But again, this wouldn't happen until the 2025-2026 season. So right around when Oklahoma and Texas leave. But now, ever since the news, the Oklahoma and Texas news happened after the potential to raise the playoff to 12 teams. So now, there's been a monkey wrench thrown into their votes and their opinions of what's going to happen. I read an article today that the Iowa Athletic Director or President, either one, said that the board will meet September 28, 2021. So about, what was that, 24 days from now. And it'll be up to them whether a vote will happen to potentially push the playoff off to 12 teams. They thought a couple months ago that it was going to be a rubber stamp, easy, easy check through. That'll be go to 12 teams. But now, certain conferences, Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 are feeling a little jealous that Oklahoma and Texas are joining the SEC. And it's all up in the air, the Athletic Director quotes in the article. They don't even know if they're going to have a vote. When a couple months ago, they thought it was going to be rubber stamp, easy money. So, right now, everything is very uncertain. Very uncertain. The waters are very choppy, as they say. But something that I want to go through, just to run it through, for those who don't know, I'm going to run through how the playoff works currently. What they're changing it to. So, currently, as many know who watch college football, but to enlighten everyone, the playoff every year is four teams. Four teams make the playoff. There's two semifinal games, the winners go to the national championship, and then there's one champion of college football. Previous to 2014, when the playoff was introduced, it was the old BCS, where there was just top two teams in the country, one and two, would play for the national championship. And everyone else would play in bowl games. They changed it to the playoff system. And since 2014, it has been the way I just explained. With the new playoff system, they're going to make 12 teams. Make the playoff. So it's the top six ranked conference champions. Followed by the rest of the six at-large teams. You may say, well, there's only five power conferences. The SEC, to Big Ten, the ACC, to Pac-12, and the Big 12. Well, that means one of the other conferences, the rest of five conferences, the MAC, the Big, not the Big 12, the Big Sky, my fault. Teams like that, they will have an opportunity to be the fifth, not the fifth, the sixth. Ranked team in the country. And how it's going to work, well, you say 12 is an uneven number. Well, it's an uneven number according to playoff because you can't have one play 12 and two play 11. That'd be an uneven number of games and teams. So, how it's going to work is the top four highest ranked conference champions they get a bye. So, let's say it's Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Again, this is all theoretical. Those four teams get a bye. Then five would play twelve, six would play eleven, seven would play ten, and eight would play nine. And those games would be played two weeks after the conference champions championships, which usually happen beginning middle of December, beginning of December usually. And they will be played on the college campuses of the higher seed, which is great for the fans, the atmosphere. Going to Alabama. There's nothing better than the tradition of tailgating on the quad, the SEC environment, the atmosphere. It's something I really can't describe. It's larger in life than going into the stadium with the chants, the band, the atmosphere, the traditions, the songs. It literally is once in a lifetime. And I recommend everyone, once in your life, no matter what type of college it is, just go experience a college football game. Or even a college sporting event. I personally think it's a different atmosphere than pro sports. And I've been to MLB games. NFL games. NBA games. NHL games. And college. It doesn't even compete with college in my opinion. So going back. Those. Those. I guess the rest of the 8. That aren't the top 4 who got buys. They would play the college, college campuses like I said. And then after that. It would be. The remaining seating, and after each game, there's no reseating. So if twelve upsets five, then one would play twelve, and it would keep going. There's no reseating if you beat somebody, and there would still be semifinal games happening around New Year's, day after New Year's, and then the Natty would be some point in January. That is where they're going with the playoffs, potentially in 2025, 2026, after. The four-team runs out, but again, we'll be more well-informed by the end of September, September 28th, when that meeting occurs. Excuse me. We may not know if it's going to happen, because if they don't vote on it, they can get pushed to a later meeting. Or if they deny it, they shut it down, because of all the movement with Texas-Oklahoma, the potential four-teams to the Big 12. So all these plans are in motion for the future, but the recent events that happened over the past 3-4 months have kind of thrown a monkey wrench into everything. So, we must sit back and wait on the edge of our seats. That's really all I can say, and with the new playoff format, besides everything that's occurred over the past 2-3 months, there are other concerns about possibly having a seventeen game season, which right now the max is fifteen that you could play. It's twelve. Twelve game regular season, your conference championship, and then two playoff games. So the max you could play is fifteen games right now, as it stands. But with the potential twelve team playoff, it would be seventeen more games. Which you could say, Oh, it's two more games, what's the big deal? Well the big deal is is two more games that college athletes potentially get hurt, and I know that's a bad argument because you can say, oh, they can get hurt in any game, but there's a lot of people and a lot of players who sit out of bowl games in mid-January, late January, not even late January, what am I talking about? Every All the bowl games are before the Natty, so it's middle of December, end of December, right around New Year's, and then the Natty's the last bowl game. But a lot of those players sit out of those games, they don't want to get hurt and they want to get ready for the draft. So if you had two more games, would that kind of counteract and would more players sit out? And you could say, oh, well, no, they're going to be in the playoffs, so they're going to want to play. There's a lot of pros and cons. Besides that potential long season, you're going to have the SEC dominating the playoff. And that obviously is going to be true every year, but... Look at it. If Bama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, Auburn, those are some of the more competitive teams in the SEC that I just listed, now you had Texas and Oklahoma on top of that, you'd have potentially seven to eight out of the 12 teams come from the SEC. And then you'd have the people say, well, that's unfair. The same people will say now, oh, the playoff is the same three teams every year. Well, again i don't know what to tell people who say that because if the best three teams in the country are consistently there then okay they deserve to get there the thing that gets me angry and i don't understand is majority of the time the committee the 12 people who are on this committee the board who do the rankings and everything they can't pick the fourth team every year they they just they they seem to screw it up like last year Notre Dame was the fourth seed. They had one loss to Clemson in the ACC championship game. Where Texas A&M, I believe, also had one loss, which came to Alabama us in the beginning of the season. And they weren't the f- they were the fifth the fifth team instead of being the fourth team. And many of you who watched the Alabama Notre Dame game in the Rose Bowl, we watched them. You can just remember the Najee Harris hurdle over the Notre Dame linebacker who was standing upright. And honestly, in my opinion, the Texas A&M playoff game would have been better. Alabama probably would have won, in my opinion. I don't think anyone was stopping Alabama last year. But it would have been a better game. So those are my grievances with the playoff committee at this moment. Another thing is is that I resonate with teams who say, well, we have no shot at making the playoff. I understand that. But something that they should do is for the playoff committee. The playoff every year, the two semifinal games, the national championships is the national championship. But the semifinal games are two of the nearest six games. For those of you who don't know, the nearest six bowls are the big six bowls in college football. It's the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Peach Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and the Orange Bowl. Some of the most historic bowl games throughout college football history. The Rose Bowl and the Orange Bowl. honestly, some of the games that the Natty used to be held in back in the day. Rose Bowl Stadium out in California, the Orange Bowl in Miami, Cotton Bowl in Texas. And those games are the semifinal games, which in my opinion, they should just make the semifinal games the semifinal games, just like the Natty is. And they should give those two games back every year to some of the teams that don't make the playoff. So you can have teams that say, oh, we just played a bowl game, even though a bowl game means a lot. Trust me, I have friends that go to different schools. And their team has won back-to-back Cure Bowl champs. It's Liberty University. And my friends are pumped and excited. And they show great enthusiasm for winning the Cure Bowl, which is great. They're a new program to the FBS. That's awesome. But they want that hunger to play in bigger, better goal games eventually to playoff. And I think a great first step is to give some of those games back to a Texas A&M, a UNC, a Georgia, a Florida, you know, a Penn State, a Michigan, a Miami. Just listen out some of the schools that riddle out the top 10 year in and year out sometimes. Coastal Carolina, UCF, Cincinnati. Imagine them playing the Rose Bowl with the Parade of Roses, Pasadena, California it'll be large in life something those kids that program will remember so as I digress (laughs) don't want to sound like a broken record but thank God college football's back it's way too long every year waiting but it's awesome large in life hope everyone enjoys next week I'll be back with another episode probably on Friday right before the weekend because college football is always on Saturday and you got the NFL coming back Sunday. So thank you everyone. And this is CCT Choose Chalk Talk. Signing off. Thank you.